Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Well, hello, Ginghamsburg family. I just got to take a minute because that young man who was singing, Keenan Milton, is a 16-year-old student in our student ministry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ain't no way I could do that at 16. That was so absolutely incredible. And so that's really what we're talking about is passing the baton to the next generation. And so it is summer. Uh, if you didn't realize, just the state meet was this weekend for track and field. And I happen to love track and field season. It is my second favorite sport next to cross country. Now, track and field was absolutely awesome for me, um, but I was pretty much a middle or long distance runner. The, the shortest distance I ever ran was the 400. So every once in a while, I'd run a four by four relay race. Now, the relays were kind of tricky. You had to get the handoff, but in a 400 or a distance medley or two, an 800 a mile, it wasn't exactly that mission critical. But the sprinters, y'all who ran a four by one, anybody in the room run a four by one? I see a few of you, right? That handoff was absolutely critical. You take off too early, uh, your teammate isn't gonna get to you. You take off too slow and you're gonna bump each other. You step out of the lane, you bobble the baton and you're disqualified. Brothers and sisters, the handoff is very, very critical. Now, all, why all this talk about batons and hands off? Well, it's because of this. We Jesus followers are people who've got to learn to pass the baton well. Can I get an amen? Yeah. It has never been and will never be about any one individual person. It is about all of us together. See, you are a runner and you didn't even know it. And it's in that spirit that I want to pray. Lord Jesus, you have called us to run our race. This race we call life and to run it well. It has never been about us, but rather about the whole community, the community of faith. And so God, help us to pass the baton well when it's our turn. Help us to let go. And Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. You are our Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Now, friends, for the last six weeks, we've been diving deep into the Old Testament stories of the prophets Elijah and Elisha. Now, I hope that you have taken these questions that we've asked right out loud very seriously, and you've discovered something anew about yourself, and you are making some real life changes. Just uh, this weekend, I was in the Hocking Hills with my mom and dad, and my sister, I caught her, right? I said, Julie, have you, have you listened to last week's message? And she was like, uh, I think so. No, you didn't, because it was about our grandpa. You did not listen to that message. So we listened to the message right out loud. We were having a fire, and it was Julie and me and my dad, and I was talking about my grandpa, Paul, which is my dad's dad. And to, hear, to watch them hear the beginning of that message about 
what happens when you die? I mean, I was crying, she was crying, my dad was crying, we were all crying because this stuff matters. These question matters. And today we're asking the, the serious question, what is a life worth living? And we're looking again at the lives of Elisha and Elijah. And this time we're stepping back just a little bit. Uh, right before Elijah is taken up into heaven, he looks at his mentee, Elisha, and says, what do you want? This is the question that he asks. This is 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. Church, you with me? Let me ask again. Church, you with me? Yeah, there you go. When, we, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do before I'm taken from you. This is what he said. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied, you have asked a difficult thing. Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours otherwise. It will not. Friends, I'm operating on the assumption that you and I and everybody in this room and in the worldwide web, we want to live a life that matters with meaning and purpose. When we set out for the day, we recognize we only got one shot, one life. And we're going to live the best life that we can. It's just that sometimes we wake up in the morning and we think to ourselves, how am I going to make this a good day? How am I actually going to live with purpose and meaning in my life? Well, the book of Hebrews gives us a clue. It's that New Testament letter, and it's filled with incredible advice for Jesus followers. And in the middle of chapter 13, there's this nugget of wisdom, and it says this. Do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. You want to live a life that matters? You want to please the Lord with your one precious life? Do good and share with others. In other words, it's not about us. I mean, it isn't about any one of us. It's about us together as the community of God, as the kingdom of God together. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I believe that the God of the universe loves you. Beautiful, amazing, talented, also hot mess express on occasion you, right? God definitely loves you, but, but we are called not to focus on our individual lives, but to share our lives with everybody in, that we encounter. And that means like Elijah, we gotta learn how to pass the baton well. Well, Pastor Rachel, how do I do that? I'm so glad you asked. First, we got to carry our baton with intention. Say that with me. Carry the baton with intention. Elijah was incredibly intentional his entire life, even when things were hard. Remember the story about Ahab and Jezebel and he's running for his life? He's still listening for the voice of God in his life. He's still open to the present, what we call the Holy Spirit of God in his life. He lived with incredible intention. And not just him, but then his mentee, Elisha, decided to do the same because of what he saw in Elijah's life. It's not that Elisha wanted to be Elijah's sidekick, like I wanna do what that guy does. Rather, he saw God's power working in and through Elijah and said, that's my purpose, that's my calling. It's what the apostle Paul said to Jesus' followers in Corinth. He says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, I want you to know that this, it wasn't follow my example because I'm cool and good and amazing and a great leader. No, follow my example in as much as 
I follow Christ. Do you realize any leader, spiritual or otherwise, are only worth their soul and leadership if, if, if they are giving glory and honor to Christ in their life? It isn't about them. Can I get an amen? It isn't about any one person. So let me ask you, when it comes to you, how are you leading yourself today? Now, that might be an interesting question. Some of you say, well, that's pretty me focused, but, but let me ask it a different way. How are you leading yourself in such a way that you have people like Pastor Mike was talking about, incredible people around you? Who is your Elijah speaking the truth and love in your life? I have several Elijahs in my life. Pastor Mike is one of them, but also past, Pastor George Acevedo. Many of you met Pastor George in January. He came and preached at Ginghamsburg. And Pastor George, he is incredible. Like on the regular, he will send me text messages of his Bible reflections and they are good and they are deep and many times they are daggone convicting, Right? Because this is a guy who's been through recovery, not only recovery from drugs and alcohol, but also recovery from something he calls solo hero leadership. This understanding of leadership that you've got to do it all and be it all, and it's all about you. Now, don't get me wrong. We all want to be heroes, but if it's all about us, we have missed the mark in the church. George is constantly giving his life away. In fact, his word for the year is diminish. Diminish. Friends, it's interesting to me as the body of Christ that we are called to do this thing together. Not any one person, but all of us together. Paul says it this way. Just as a, as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentile, slave or free, we are all given to one spirit to drink. Even so, one body, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If we're gonna live a life worth living, we've gotta have an Elijah, someone who is speaking the truth and love into our lives. Who is that for you? Now, I imagine there are some folk, you're like, wait a second, Pastor Rachel, I don't got that. I don't have anybody like that in my life. I wanna encourage you to get an Elijah. First, just pray that the Holy Spirit would guide you and direct you to someone who's just a little further in their Jesus journey than you are. Here at Ginghamsburg, one of the great ways to get connected in that kind of way is through a life group. Go to ginghamsburg.org slash life group. We got plenty of opportunities. Depending on the season you find your life yourself in, get connected right away. Lead yourself by surrounding yourself with someone who can speak the truth in love. Carry your baton with intention. Second, in order to live a life worth living, we gotta pass the baton with generosity. Let's say that together. Pass the baton with generosity. Now, passing sometimes can be hard for us. Why? Because our batons represent all kinds of things like our job title how we function in our family. We may even be that house in the neighborhood that has the annual backyard barbecue. It is so much fun and we don't want to give it away. It's hard to pass the baton. It's who we think we are. It's our identity. And besides, like, how do we know it's the right time to pass the baton anyway? 
I'll never forget, I had a mentoring pastor who said to me, Rachel, uh, your problem is not gonna be having enough ideas. You're gonna have all kinds of ideas. Your problem is gonna be to figure out which is the right time to implement those ideas. Timing for you is gonna be everything. And boy, was that man right. It's difficult to discern what is the right time in our lives because if you pass the baton too early, the person isn't ready for it. If you wait, you are out of the exchange zone. What does it look like for us to pass our batons with generosity, to do what God is calling us to do? Now, I'm not saying this to give you anxiety. No, 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 no. I am saying this because this is who we are as Jesus followers. It has never been about us. And so we pass that baton with generosity to that next generation. We live day in and day out asking ourselves, how can we give our lives away? Jesus models that example for us. How can you generously think about that next person, that next family member, that next neighbor who needs to host? Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's how generosity works. You let it all go and suddenly you find yourself being refreshed in the process. It is amazing what it when you experience that generous spirit. Now back to our story. Elijah literally asked Elisha, what do you want from me? And Elisha says, I know exactly what I want. I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah said, oh, that's cool. I can't give it to you. <laughs> Only God can do that. Now that term double anointing, we should pay attention to it because it's an Old Testament term that comes from this understanding of inheritance. It was the son, and not just the son, but the eldest son who received a double portion of the inheritance. And so Elijah is asking, or Elisha is asking Elijah for a double portion of the inheritance. He's saying, I am your spiritual eldest son. Can you give this to me? And Elijah says, no, what you're asking for is only a gift of God. In church terms, we call this an impartation of the Holy Spirit. God chooses whom God chooses. We know the rest of the story. Elisha sees his mentor taken up in heaven, so he receives that double portion through Elijah's cloak. He picks up the cloak. It's a sign of his authority and power, and he begins performing miracles. Did you realize in First and Second Kings that Elijah performed seven miracles, but Elisha 14, an exact double number? Sometimes we can look at the scripture and say, oh, there's just so few Elijahs and Elishas. But brothers and sisters, when Jesus came, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost on who? Everybody. Everybody in the room. So everybody gets to receive a double portion of God's anointing if we are willing to receive it. Five years ago, can you believe it's been five years, Mike, since you retired? Five years ago, Pastor Mike asked me to do, like the last month of your ministry here at Ginghamsburg, at annual conference, a 5K race with him. He said, Pastor Rachel, we're gonna go at my pace, right? 
And we did, we went at your pace and it was awesome. 3.1 miles and Mike was like reminiscing about all the incredible things of Ginghamsburg Church. I felt like it was really holy ground. I mean, he's talking about all the good and some of the challenging things that he experienced. And on the regular, you would say to me, Rachel, I don't know the how, I just know the who. Meaning this is all God, really nothing to do with me. I'll never forget, you always said if God could speak through Balaam's ass, <laughs> right? It's true of us. We're just the vessels that God wants to use. We are messy human beings. Can I get an amen, Mike Slaughter? Oh, that's true. <laughs> pick and choose, Mike Slaughter, pick and choose. <laughs> And so there we are, we're running the race and we get to like the last half mile of the race. And he looks at me and he says, Rachel, give me your hand. And I was like, okay, weirdo, right? <laughs> I'm taking your hand. Cause we got like half a mile. I thought he wanted to do something corny, like hold hands crossing the finish line. I'm not gonna do that. He's like, Rachel, give me your hand. Okay. <laughs> and so he prays this prayer, this double anointing blessing over me. Rachel, get, or God, give Rachel a double of what you've given to me and all of Ginghamsburg Church. I didn't deserve it, I didn't earn it, but man, you prayed it anyhow with a generous spirit. And that wasn't just a prayer for me, that was a prayer for all of us. That as new generations of Jesus followers come, that we receive a double anointing of God's spirit. Brothers and sisters, God is a generous God. God pours it out over us. But the question is, are we willing to receive it? to receive what God freely wants to give. So we carry that baton with intention. We pass that baton with generosity, but here's the tough part. We gotta let go with trust. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's hard to let go. It's hard to let go. I mean, think about it, you're in that race. And in that four by one, it is a blind handoff. You gotta let go and trust that, that person has it and that person has gotta trust that it's right there in your hand. And sometimes it is really hard to trust not only other human beings, but it's also hard to trust God in certain seasons, like the season we're in right now. This is a season of transition. This is a season of baton passing. And yet God has been clear with gentle wisdom that we all have a part to play in this season of transition. Me as the senior pastor, I'm called to pass that baton with encouragement to the next senior pastor of Ginghamsburg Church. I just pass the baton with so much encouragement and enthusiasm to be the biggest cheerleader for that person and their family I can possibly be. And your job as a congregation is to receive that pastor with grace and love and not to ask weird questions, but to receive them with grace and love. Given all your opinions, receive them with grace and love, right? And it's the bishop and cabinet, that is the district superintendent's job to choose that next pastor well. Now, for those of you who don't understand our system, the bishop and the cabinet, they function in biblical terms as apostles, pastors over pastors. We've been praying that God would give them the wisdom and the insight to choose the right person for the job. 
Now, sometimes I get a little squirrely and I want to pick up the bishop's baton because I'm super curious, get into my sphere of concern versus my sphere of influence. And then the Lord reminds me, that ain't your job, Rachel. Back up. Okay, stay in my lane. I'm sure that I'm the only one. <laughs> right? I got to pass well. You got to receive well. Bishop and cabinet, they have to choose well. But here's what I know. I know a thriving Ginghamsburg is good for everybody and not just everybody in this community, but throughout the globe. Because on the regular, I experience people who come to me and who say, I know that you're the senior pastor of Ginghamsburg Church and those people, they love Jesus well. And let me tell you how Ginghamsburg has affected my life. Or let me tell you how Ginghamsburg has affected my ministry. Or let me tell you how 25 years ago you didn't know, but you helped start this church so in so-and-so place. Brothers and sisters, our kingdom influence is far and wide, and that is not going to stop because a pastoral transition has happened. We're going to continue to be the people who love Jesus and do something about it. And so here's what I want to do this morning. I want to invite you to open your hands. Those of you online as well, open your hands, and I want to pray a blessing over you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, pour out a double portion of your anointing over everybody willing to receive it. God, you have gifts, spiritual leadership, all kinds of gifts that you want to pour out over this place and throughout the world wide web. God, we pray that you would just pour generously over each and every person. Lord God, help us to be the kind of people that you are calling us to be. And we pray for this new pastor and their family, that God, they would be feeling just this insane encouragement right now. Because God, I got a feeling you know who it is. And Lord, that we would receive that person with such arms of grace and love that all heaven would break loose. Lord God, we are so grateful for who we are and whose we are. So help us, we pray, to be the people you have claimed and called us to be. We pray this and claim this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.